0: My podcast, Business with Jesus by Lynn. Oh. Scripture number one, Deuteronomy 31 verse eight. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Isaiah 43, one. Don't fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by Name you are mine, okay. First John chapter 4, verse 18. Perfect love casts out all fear. Psalm 18 2 The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. Let me ask you a question honestly, you guys, why do you fear so much? Uh, What was that? Excuse me, what did you say? Oh, you think I fear too? Oh, okay. Uh, Okay, how dare you? Okay, um. Well guilty as charged. But honestly, why are we in so much fear? We're in so much fear to launch everything. You have an idea, it's good, it's brilliant. You know what you wanna do, you know what you ought to be doing, but you're just in so much fear. Oh These are things that, oh, my Lord, my God, just help us. In fact, you know what? Can we just take this to the Lord before we go too far? Dear Lord Jesus, please expel fear from within us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I hate the subject of fear because fear drains All the energy that a human being has. I mean, you wake up after you've slept for your 6, 7, 8 hours, 13 hours, 2 hours, however long you slept... And you just wake up to fear. And fear just makes you not want to make that phone call. It just makes you not go to that office. It makes you not talk to that person, not do that project, not follow that passion. And if there's anything that I am so afraid of is just to not follow my passion, not to do what I ought to do. And for those of you who are believers, you already, my goodness, if you are a believer and you are spirit led, I know one thing for sure that you already know what your purpose is but my goodness if I were to take Paul right now and ask how many of you are actually doing that which you know you should be doing mm -mm, we're not so many and you you realize I just said we are not so many (laughs) it's such a shame I'll just share a personal moment you see last night I was praying and I had this moment and it broke me it brought me to tears I cried so hard I didn't even know that I could squeeze my tummy that hard by crying which which You know, it's funny because in one way I was really sad, but at the same time I was thinking, ''Damn, I'm going to get abs from this.'' And on a side note, I so I started working out yesterday, so you know what that means. In the next 3 days I'll have achieved my lean structure completely because this is just how workout works and and what's diet? Diet is nothing. It, hey, I'm being sarcastic, okay? I'm being very sarcastic. Diet is everything. Listen, that's not my content. Let's just go back to fear and I while I was praying, the Lord just made me think about all these things that that I haven't yet done, that I know I should have done. I should at least have started and you see this ministry is not we do not at any one point serve ourselves we are serving the lord by touching the hearts of his people this is not about us at all and i hear so so many people giving the language of of you know i don't know when to to go about it you get a message about someone and you're like but how are they going to take it (laughs) What? How are they going to take it? Imagine a world where Samuel was always like, Gosh, how's Saul going to take that? The Lord has rejected him. Why? Mm -mm. I'm not going to go. Is just not for me. God choose someone else. Or if he were to think, Gosh, what am I going to do? Now God wants me to. And he actually had that point. He had that moment where he thought, Now God wants me to go and anoint one of Jesse's sons. What will Saul think? And he didn't want Saul to know because he knew Saul was going to be very cross with him once he knew. But did that stop the prophet from doing what he needed to do? The prophet did what he needed to do. How many things do we need to do that we're not able to do? That we're not starting? We We are so afraid to launch it. We are thinking too much about what people will think. And that is our greatest predicament. It is our worst enemy. What is so-and-so going to think about me? What are they going to imagine that I've been going through? You know, I remember when I started my speaking career, generally, a lot of people who knew me from the past, maybe when I was growing up, had very choice words to say <laughs> about, about what I was doing. And so, especially the concept of, of self-employment isn't something that many people would understand. And more so when you're starting out. And many people just don't know how to see that especially I come from Kenya so and I'm talking about this because of course the podcast has a, a wider audience to which I thank God for but I'm telling you Oh my goodness. Things I would hear being said about me. And I know for sure that if it were not for the strength that God had given me, I would have stopped immediately. The second I had the first comment, I'd have stopped. But six years later, I'm bigger and better. But I have to keep doing this. Because I'm not doing this to serve myself. I'm doing this to serve God, for the glory of God. And I am to serve His people. And we have so much fear to launch the projects and the dreams that we have. We are so logical in it. And the Lord has been speaking so much on the aspect of faith which is what replaces fear every time you pray to God, God help me to get rid of fear, you're praying for something to be eliminated from your life, nature abhors a vacuum you're part of nature so if fear has been removed from you, it has to be replaced with something you choose what you want to replace fear with and I always say God remove fear from me, replace it with faith, but we look at faith as, as, as this thing, you know we look at Jesus' teachings on faith and and Jesus said that if any one of you believes and tells this mountain to move and go into the sea, it will happen as you have said it. And faith, you can have the faith even as small as that of the size of a mustard seed, but it can do wonders for you. And we read the Bible and then we close it and then we say, okay, brethren, let's now pray and go home. But we do not want to exercise this faith. And this last few days, the Lord has spoken so, so, so phenomenally that faith is to be exercised. I made a joke about exercise earlier on when I started the podcast, but all jokes aside, exercise does not bear result immediately you have to keep pushing and pushing and you work out today and tomorrow and the third day and if, if you've not been working out for a long time then what happens is your body gets really really sore and if you're really following experts advice then at that point you should probably let your muscles rest because again if you don't let your muscles rest then your, if your, your results may not come through as quickly as you want them to but you have to keep pushing and you know many people are especially especially mocked about this. And you find very many memes on social media. Oh, I started working out yesterday. I'm going to have achieved my six pack by the end of the week. And we laugh at that. And the reason we laugh at that is because it's not practical, and you find very practical stories of people who have been seriously overweight, but they were persistent in their exercise. And if you really, really follow their stories, they will talk about years. And I like this. Pra- I like these practices because they cultivate an element of of discipline in you. And guess you what, brothers and sisters, faith is no different. Years of persistence, and persistence will cultivate a character of discipline and that is how we are to approach faith as well we are to persist in having faith i'll give you a story of a young man named jonathan we find this story in the book of first samuel chapter 14. his father Saul has just freshly come from making unlawful sacrifice because he was to wait for Saul for seven days. And then he waited for seven days and Saul didn't show up, but Saul, I mean, Samuel didn't show up, sorry. He was to wait for Samuel. Samuel didn't show up, but Samuel shows up just in time, right after Saul has made the unlawful sacrifice. This is the mistake of Saul. He has made the unlawful sacrifice because he cannot wait because his men are becoming impatient and you also remember the Lord had told him when he goes to battle to take nothing, to destroy those people completely. But when the man said they wanted to take the plunder, he gave in. And those are the fruits of people who live a fearful life. If you encourage fear in your life, cowardice in your life, it's mostly directed to the people, you fear the people, so you have removed God in His rightful place and placed the people there. So Saul has given in; he has committed a crime, and he has he has actually lost the favor of the Lord. And Samuel comes in and to- and tells him, "You have lost God's favor; you have done a foolish thing." So Jonathan. Samuel, 1 Samuel 14, Jonathan tells his armor bearer, let's go over to the Philistines. I just want to read this part. And you tell me, if this isn't faith, then what is it? Because I can't find another time for it. And believe me, I wish I could. Come, let us go over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the the other side. But he did not tell his father, obviously because he knew Saul wouldn't approve of this. And Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Migrun. The people who were with him were about 600 men. So we go to verse 6 where Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of this uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. Now listen here. Has Jonathan heard from the Lord? No. He's just going by faith. Because he knows who is the commander of the armies of Israel. That is the Lord God Almighty. So he knows that he has faith that somehow God may just work for us. He's fully aware of the sin of his father. But look at his words. It may be that the Lord will work for us for nothing restrains the lord from saving by many or few it's so interesting that jonathan says these words even before the young boy, David, has come and killed the Goliath of the Philistines with a pebble from the river. It's so interesting how Jonathan has so much faith. Now listen to this. He says, So the armor tells him, do all that is in your heart. Jonathan said, very well, let us cross over to this man and we will show ourselves to them. You guys... I don't know if you realize this, that just by showing yourselves over to them, these guys could just shoot an arrow and you're gone in the next few minutes. But no, 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 no. Jonathan is saying, let us cross over. We will show ourselves to them. If they say to us, wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and not go up to them. But if they say thus, come up to us, then we will go up. For the Lord has delivered them into our hand and this will be a sign To us, Jonathan is going by faith. He's saying, if they say this, okay, then we're defeated. But if they say this, The Lord has given them over to us and you should continue with the story and he climbed with his hands and his feet and he attacked them and they killed many Philistines that when the others saw that Jonathan and his armor bearer are killing the Philistines, they ran off. But there's something I want you to realize about this story if you haven't yet gotten the point. Jonathan did not just sit and wait for action to be done by somebody else. He acted upon it. I want to address you personally. If you're thinking that that particular mission, that particular project, that idea, that desire, that passion, whatever that is, will be executed at an opportune time. And I want to caution Christians, avoid the use of, opportun- I'm waiting for the opportune time. I don't have the grace to do this. Grace has already been given to you. Grace has already been dispersed to us We are in the opportune time. There is never a better time like today. And those who take advantage of the current opportunity are the ones who win. That is why, without mistake, there's a difference between the winners and the losers. And that's just the nature of things. And that is not me being harsh. It's your time now to get up and move and to follow that which you know is in your heart. And has been deposited there in your heart by God for you to do. There is no better time than today. I am one person who can very personally, very truly tell you there is no better time than right now. You cannot wait for the opportune time. You cannot wait for thunder. You cannot wait for rain and sun to come at the same time. You cannot wait for winter in Kenya to know that it's a good time. If you're moving you move right now. You move right away. If we're not moving, then stop moving altogether. And we're also talking about fear, even in our relationships. We cannot continue to walk in fear of you can. You don't want to, to go and approach so and so because you, you wonder if they can still give you that opportunity. You know that that's a project that you can. Really? Honestly? How long are you going to do this? How long are you going to do this? Many people have lots of fear. And even there is fear for marriage. What am I going to do? How am I going to provide? What if she doesn't like me? What if he doesn't respect me? my goodness. We cannot fear what we do not know. And it is so defeatist for us as human beings to begin fearing what we do not know. And I know you're sitting there thinking, but that's exactly why we fear because we do not know. (laughs) And I just want to challenge you because I've been challenged. Because I think if someone could have, if someone could have held the title for for fear that like that could it just possibly be me. I think at some point God just thought, if I don't push this person, if I don't push this daughter of mine, she will literally she'll never get up. And so God puts you at, at a position where literally you feel like your life is at risk, and you feel you feel that you have no other option. You other, the only options you have are to move or to move so <laughs> you just have to move and, and you you just get so hard pressed that you really 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 have to do it. I just wish that we stopped having fear to serve to minister i've had I've heard of statements before uh, you know what what if these people have a certain disease that I don't know of what if this person's attitude never gets better what if and i'm I'm just telling you right now all those questions you're asking yourself can can you just allow me to speak to your heart right now all those insecurities you have? they are not insecurities you have about the other person. These are just your insecurities. You're just thinking out loud about how imperfect you really think you are. If you think that people won't be faithful to you, you just really subconsciously, you're trying to to say that you don't know if you're faithful. If you think that People won't support you for your ministry. even in other words, subconsciously you're saying you don't know if you would support them. And if you actually look at the statistics of your life, you probably do not support people. You probably do not stay faithfully in relationships. You probably do not. You're probably not the first one to go and make up with someone if you if you know get into some sort of debacle with them. Most of the insecurities we have are not external; they're internal address yourself start with yourself because a person who is fully healed and a person who is internally full of joy and just full of so much peace never has the time to cautiously approach issues in life with the concept of oh what if it doesn't work out And there are many things, I can tell you, there are many things I myself have started and they never worked out. But I think that process of starting and failing and starting and failing just gets you to a certain level of hardcore that you're always welcome to the idea that, well, this might work out and I'm hoping it works out, but if it doesn't work out, then let's... Come up with plan B. And if plan B doesn't work out, then let's come up with plan C. So that you even handle failure with grace. That you're able to even laugh at yourself at a certain mistake. That you're able to forgive those who have sinned against you. You're able to forget and you're able to live the fun life, if someone broke your heart, what does it benefit you to sing about it years after years after years and every time you're giving people stories about how they broke your heart and how you're never gonna love again because you had completely given that person your heart. Uh-huh. So what? Did life stop for you at that point? Come on now, get over that fear point. Get over that fear point. Because interestingly, you build that wall all by yourself. Demolish it. Keep moving. See how beautiful the grass is. See how well lit the paths are. See how much light there is. See how loving the Father is. Oh, I wish you well. I wish you well. And I wish that you expel fear in your life. Please remember, do not ask God to expel fear and leave a vacuum. I repeat, nature abhors a vacuum. Tell him replace fear with faith. All right, wake up, do like Jonathan, pull stunts like Jonathan. Hey, I'm gonna go ahead. See, this man, he had an option of life and death, but he moved anyway. He knew that he could either die or live, but one thing he knew for sure is that he had to move. Please move.